Keep your car looking its absolute best year-round with 303 Cleaners and Protectants. 303's revolutionary graphene nanospray coating gives you professional protection in a simple, easy-to-use formula. It will keep your car's paint protected for up to 12 months and give an insane level of depth and gloss. You can also use their brand new 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine throughout the year. It can even be used for quick cleanups of light dust and fingerprints in between washes. For a one-two punch to keep your car licking its best, look no further than 303's line of graphene products. 303 Graphene Nano Spray Coating to protect and 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine. Both products are available now at Advanced Auto Parts, AutoZone, and select Walmart locations. Visit 303radio.com for more information. Every search you make, every click you take, they'll be watching you. Are you tired of being tracked online? There's a simple solution. DuckDuckGo. It's an all-in-one privacy app with a built-in private search engine, web browser, one-click data clearing, email protection, and more, all for free. Download the app today and get the most comprehensive privacy protection with the push of a button. DuckDuckGo. Privacy simplified. Bradford Show. That's my open? That's what they used to call me, Swivel Hit Bradford. That's my open. I'm okay. waiting for you to so justify what? your stupid opinion. Bradford Show. That's delicious. So let's go back to May 12, 2007. Alex Cora is hitting 432. 432. Meanwhile, Dustin Droya, not so much. Not doing well. Struggled that fir- entire first month as a starting second baseman in the major leagues. But right around this time, Pedroia was getting hot. Cora was you, you saying, okay, Pedroia, you can be the second baseman. I'm hitting 432. Uh, I know my role, all of that. You know the story. You know how it ended up. Rookie of the year, MVP the next year, so forth and so on. Well, Ultimately, these guys became probably best friends in baseball. As we know now, they're landed here with the Red Sox. One is a player. One is the manager. And I really was interested in getting them together. Now, I've known them. I covered that team back in 2007. I covered both of those guys for a while when they were with the Red Sox. But I wanted to get them together because we've heard Cora talk about Pedroia and Pedroia talk about Cora, but not the two of them in the same room. Re- revisiting when it all started, which was really back in 2006. But I thought it was a worthwhile um, adventure, worthwhile exercise to get them in the same room and sort of give their perspective. And you know how it always is. I mean, it's always better when they're talking to each other instead of being interviewed by me. And then on top of it, we followed up with Mike Lowell. Mike Lowell, who was right in the middle of that, basically – it was Cora, Pedroia, and Lowell. That was the, the posse back then when we, they were trying to get Pedroia to be go from the pudgy guy who couldn't really hit much in 2006 to, like I said, the guy that he ultimately became the next couple of years. And as you hear, and you're going to hear in this podcast, both those guys, Cora and Lowell, had huge, huge, huge impact on the second baseman as he 
uh, started his major league career. But more so than anything, it's, it's about the relationships and how the relationships landed them here. And is it bizarre at all? I mean, I, I remember, you know, these guys were teammates just a few years ago. Now one is answering to the other. And I want to reiterate this. This isn't just interviewing Pedroia about Cora. And it isn't about interviewing Cora about Pedroia. And it isn't just Lowell talking about Fidel Castro. None of it. Like, this is talking about where all of that started i thought it was i thought it was a pretty good podcast so you you be the judge also leave a comment leave a comment on itunes subscribe on itunes we got it rolling now so i appreciate all the support but once again i think this is a pretty good one so you tell me it's been 11 years since these two were on the bradfoe show and uh but we've made we've if nothing else if nothing else happened this off season we've made this happen alex core and dustin pedroia um this is i don't care that alex core is the manager i don't care that dustin pedroia is still playing back in 2007 i said i have to get to this point where i can sit in an office at jet blue park which wasn't even made yet and say i can do a podcast which i had no idea what a podcast was and talk to these two again so uh Thank you for making my dream come true. You got it. You, you got, got it. it. I love your voice. Like, you get so deep now, you know. The Bradford show. I like that. <laughs> what? It's, my, it's my podcast voice. <laughs> oh, I can tell. <laughs> so what do you, how is my, how, my voice is no different. It seems like it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little fake tough. Yeah. Oh, it is? Oh, yeah. I'm real tough. Like, Tony Bisson, kind of like TV reporter. When I started it, Bienvenidos a Tony Bisson. All right. So when you guys uh, let's go back. Let's let's go back in the time machine. Let's go back in the time machine to 2007, uh, 2008. Yeah, you know, I hear all your. Yeah, oh, I knew that Alex was going to be a manager, and he's managed me and. He was managing me back when I was a player, and I knew that Dustin Pedroia was going to play to to now. I knew he was going to win the MVP because I I made him into the MVP. Ozzy Guillen made him the MVP that year. Yeah, yeah. When Yuke, uh, he was sick against the White Sox, and Pity went like ten for fifteen, hitting third. No, fourth. he hit fourth. Yeah. I hit behind David. David, he, yeah, he hit behind David, and he's like uh, he call he start calling him the the little horse, El Caballito. Yes. After a game, he—I mean, everybody knows about Dustin because of Ozzy. That that he killed him. You killed the White Yeah, yeah. Ozzy hooked me up. Yeah, the wizard. The wizard. <laughs> it's weird because I was going to say Ozzy can took the second most credit for your success in 2007 after the guy sitting here, right? Ozzy again? Yeah. I mean, you 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 basically you you made this guy. Yeah. Nah, I yeah. help. I help him. I push him. I was the offensive threat of the tandem. Here's a reality to this. Here's a reality to this. You're hitting 400, right? 438. Yeah. With three bombs. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Laser show. And, and he gets the day off before he has to face Johan Santana. That's a good memory. Two days off. Two days off. Two days. Yeah. He was waving the camera. I remember I hit, I hit for Alex against uh, Reinsma. With yeah. the in, at Fenway in like the ninth inning, we were we were blowing them up. Tomorrow, no, it was Seattle. Uh, Seattle. Seattle. And I, the whole week, he said, "Hey, you guys start hitting the ball to right field. You have to I have to. You have to hit the ball." So he threw me a split, and I 
I kind of knifed one the other way. Oh, Reedsman, the tall guy. Yeah, yeah. remember? Yeah. Oh, Chris Reedsman. Yeah. He came. He came. Listen to that MVP rookie of the year. Yeah. He came up for me in a blowout. Yeah. yeah. And I, I need a rest. I need a, I knifed the ball the other way. Yeah. And then after the game, you know, I'm all excited. I got a hit. And Brad Mills goes, hey, you're playing tomorrow. Let's effing go. And I'm like, okay, perfect. So I looked at the stat sheet, who's pitching, and I'm like, sweet, Johan Santana's Yo, pitching. Uh, Thanks, Millsy. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, I mean, I, you know, I was ready, and it was. that was the time. I remember Mags. I remember Mags, like, we took those two days, and we figured it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right. No, but he, Minnesota and then Toronto. Yeah, yeah, I hit my first home run in Toronto. He got it. Yeah, but he was no, right. yeah, well, you hit yeah. it in the previous year. Yeah, but first that year. Uh, how about that, that home run? He he comes into the dugout. He goes. He was AJ Burnett. Yeah. Oh, Burnett. 95 coming in and 95 go out. And Trod freaking went nuts. He loved Shut it. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> he loved it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but I was going to say, during the, I think it was April 22nd, I wrote it down in my journal. Alex Cora says he should be playing all the time over out Dustin Bedroya for the rest of the year. I said that? No, I don't know. I did not. Say, I never said that. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, no. But, but you, I mean, you stuck. What was your contract? It was, was it two years or were you one, one year? Yeah, yeah, two years. Two years? So through 2000, because you left after 2000. Yeah, two years, yeah. 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 But there must have been a little, like, I'm hitting 400. Like, uh, I was thinking more about say we were in the infield. I mean, actually, at shortstop, you know, Julio. Julio was doing a good job. But, oh, you know, kind of, you were the only defensive replacement at shortstop in the history of baseball. <laughs> nah, there's more. <laughs> Don't say that. But I, I was like thinking more about you know, I'll get a bat second, but and I get a bat a bat so short. You know, like mm. he was. I mean, he was playing his ass off at second defensively. You knew he was going to be good. Yeah, I mean, confidence. Sometimes we, me and Mikey, were like, "Listen to this guy; <laughs> he's freaking nuts." Yeah, but, but you know, like, oh, the laser show. You know, he he'll he'll stand up and he'll tell everybody, "I'm gonna hit," and it, he did. It's different though in 2006. Uh, yeah, 2006 when you're chirping, right? Were you like? I didn't really say much. Nah, that was a different team. Yeah, that was. Yeah, yeah we. Saw, I, did, I, I we wasn't saw, in big we league bad, training. We were yeah. bad. Huh? Uh, Everyone got hurt. Yeah, you I were, got called you up right after we got. Was Javi we got there? Swept. Javi open? Oh. We got swept five games by the Yankees at home, and then oh. we went to Anna. I got called up the next Javi day. Javi was there because uh, Jason. Yeah. Jason got hurt, so yeah. Javi Lopez was Can't there. Be, and yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was. I mean, we suck. Do you guys remember when you first met? Um, Anaheim. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Anaheim. Huh? Yeah. When he got called up. And what was, I mean, because was that, two, that was 2006? six. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, you know, you were a little pudgy back then. <laughs> yeah. Right? So you're like. Like me now. <laughs> no, he always, it didn't matter who the player was or what position. He always treated everybody with respect and, mm, and yeah. he wanted everybody to be good. Yeah. His goal was to win. Yeah. You know, and that's that's so how what, you do so it. So what did you see? When did you realize that? You know, no, that year people talk about his average, but. Which one, 2006? Yeah, yeah, but if you go to batting average and balls in plays, yeah. it was probably like 099. Yeah. He was hitting missiles. Yeah, I struck out twice. Didn't you line, like, like draw, you hit a line drive for a double play in Anaheim, I think it was. My first at bat. Yeah, it was, you see? I was, yeah, you see? You're, you're, you're surprised. And, and I did that. it. I hit it up the middle, and Orlando Cabrera was trying to back pick with the bases loaded at second. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. he was moving, and I hit a line drive right to him right. and caught it, step on the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I told, I remember I come in, I'm like, 
I can never get a hit in the big leagues because yeah. that's my best ball. He ain't a missile. You see, I remember. Wow, yeah, it's, it's, like it's pretty good. Dude. I mean, I remember stupid stuff. Mm-hmm. I, 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 if you if you say so. No, I do. I do. I do. I, I listen. I, I, but the Univision voice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, wait, it's a whole year of it. Get get used to. It. Did I? I didn't have that um, voice in two thousand seven. No, you get used. I don't know how many times we're gonna do this. No, I, no, I'm not, I'm not saying we're gonna do it. I'm, I'm just talking about asking questions. <laughs> okay. Oh, Alex, you know. Uh, so 2007 uh, rolls around, mm-hmm. and and you go through spring training, and you're basically the starting short, the starting second baseman. Mm, you have Luca, no, 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 not necessarily. They, they, they actually, we have we have individual meetings, and they map it out. Yeah. Kind of. I don't know, you know, I don't know what they told him, but I can tell you what they they told me is like. He, he's going to play, you know, he's going to play, but it's going to take him a while to get adjusted to the big league level. Mm-hmm. You know, Theo was, you know, he's like, these are best fastball hitter, you know. And he, he said that right out of the He told me that, you yeah. know, we, we have individual meetings, Tito, uh, I think Jed was in, and, 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 and Theo, and he's going to hit. He's our best fastball hitter. It's going to take him a while. In the beginning, he'll play a few, you'll play a few, but when he goes, it's go time. And they were right. Yeah, and my meeting was, this is serious. He goes, it's good. they said, You're, it's going to take time for you to figure it out. Do whatever, Alex and Mikey, follow them. At Learn the beginning how. of spring training, they said. Yeah, that. Right, the first day. Really? They said, you're going you're gonna to take your lumps at the beginning. We want you to play defense. Don't make mistakes on the bases. Understand your role with this team, but learn. Learn from them. And then your ability will come out, and you'll be the player we want. What was the first thing do you remember? Like, what was the? Because obviously, Alex probably gave you a lot of advice. But I just did. Every, I follow. I mirrored him. Double plays were big. We oh about yeah, he helped. He I think that taught me how to turn a double because I played shortstop my whole yeah. life, and he. We I mean, talk about we were out there. Yeah, right I think away. that was the best. You'll remember that we talked about. Drew the circle around the base. Yeah. And did everything together. I followed every move he made. And so when you're going through that first month where you hit four whatever, four thirty, we'll look that up. Um, okay. Yeah, <laughs> stupid, <laughs> stupid, stupid facts. Um, when when he's going through that that first month, like what seriously, like what was your feeling? Did you feel bad for him? Did you think, oh, this might no. be my chance? <clears throat> we 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 started off well, huh? We, uh, yeah, we're in first we, place, we're like first play games, right yeah. away. Yeah, and one thing that that got our attention not only me and mikey you know we get a lot of credit for him but not not i mean a lot of people help you know but he was playing great defense he you know and he's a bats they weren't bad you know he was fighting he was taking pitches following up pitches but he was trying to hit the ball way way over the monster to hotel commonwealth all the way over there but uh we were we were i mean we were happy that he was doing what he was supposed to do defensively in an eighth, ninth, whatever. He was doing great, so uh, we we knew he was going to be a good, good player, you know. But he he knew he was going to be greater player, you know, and uh, he had confidence, and we loved that. So when did you you know you say? I remember we were talking this off season, and you said, you know, Alex always told me what to do. Alex was always managing me. When did it? You probably don't think of this as a 23-year-old, but when did you start to think, okay, this guy, like, he knows more baseball? And the same thing with Mike. Well, because our manager at the time told me to, that. He goes, yeah. hey, he could he could do what I do. He can do my job. So we that's a luxury that our team has, that these guys are here. So, And for our manager to put trust in a player and saying, hey, these guys are, you know, they can manage right now. 
mm-hmm. I have to learn from them because you, you can't always learn from the manager. He's got to he's got to be everywhere, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> so to have a player, yeah. So to have <laughs> to have uh, especially infielders, that's which was huge. Like our, you know, it's all infield. You know, that's the people you're with the most. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And for those two guys to be around me every minute of the day, you know, they just start building. You know, mm-hmm. and that that was that was it. You think about that team. Cashy was there, huh? Cashy, yep. manager. Mm-hmm. Hinsky is the coach for the yep. Angels. Uh, Mike, he can, he can manage. Uh, I mean, after that press conference he's doing right now, probably, I guess. Snide's the AAA pitching. Snide's is the pitching coach. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, like, he's... Bobby Kelty's the manager. And, no, 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 no he he's at home or somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but he was a, 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 I mean, a smart baseball team, and we care about each other. You know, mm-hmm. we, we, we talk the game, something that... Throughout the years, you know, people don't do that often. You know, now they don't sit there and just talk, or they. That's all. That's all we did. Yeah, we more so than any other team that you've been on. Yeah, when we Uh, got probably thirteen. Yeah, thirteen was similar. When we got on the plane in two thousand seven, we talked about all baseball. We talk about don't be afraid of flying. Yeah, that was a good lesson. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, We die, we die. If we die, we die. So it's over. I, you talk about memories, that memories that I have. I remember sitting, you used to come out a lot more than you do. You used to come out like 3 o'clock. I mean, you too. You'd take the ground balls at like 3 o'clock or whatever, mm-hmm. right? Uh-huh. And and you guys were sitting there, and you just said, uh, you turned to him, and he's like, is it like this fun, like all the time, like everywhere? Is it this And, and you were honestly like, no, 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 no. I think <laughs> you found that out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, there's... There's other places that they, they can move. Yeah. I'll, I'll answer that one for you. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't. No, I mean, he's gone through since that. Every time something, some crap comes up, I think about that moment, yeah, like how absolutely. naive you were. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, so how has this been? Is it like when you walked in? Is it weird? Is it a little, a little strange? No, 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 no. Oh. We're both trying to accomplish the same thing. Yeah. yeah, I think for me, it's strange that you know the the strangest thing out of the whole thing is like you got your own own locker, you know, so you'd like. Away from everybody. That's you mean kind of, your office? Yeah, my office. It's yeah. kind of like, ugh. Yeah. 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 What, like what do you, going, we were doing it for a week, but what's, what is it, like you said, Frank Conner said, he could do what I do. What already, you're going to come across this all the time that I didn't know this, I didn't know. Is there anything this week, week and a half, that you're like, oh, I didn't realize it was going to be like this? It's, the days are longer than expected. Yeah. Then this is different than where I was working last year. Really? I knew that, but. Yeah. I forgot. I really forgot about it, you know. And like being here right now with you, it's taking time. I know. Also. I apologize. Yeah, you know stuff like that. I, I'm gonna <laughs> let you go. That was a hint. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, thank you. I, thanks for making my dream trip come true. Okay. All right, Rob. 2007. We just talked about it with uh, with Alex and Dustin. And surprise, surprise, they were very complimentary of you, Mike Lowell. By the way, welcome back. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Um, very complimentary of you. I'll ask the what I asked Alex, or I actually asked Dustin. But what is the what is your first memory of Dustin? He came up in 2006, a pudgy kid talking some crap and everything else. What what's your first memory of him? Well, for me, it was a little bit earlier than that. It was my first spring training with the Red Sox, which was you know the 06 spring training, and I saw Dustin on the field, and um, yeah, he was a little overweight. And, I, you know, you start asking around, who's this kid? And he goes, oh, this was the second rounder of, I don't know, 03 or 04, whatever it was. And I said, wow, since when did the Red Sox draft short, fat kids so high? So, uh, but then, you know, as you see him work, and, and he struggled, you know, in his call-up in September, 
But he did have a knack for barreling up the ball, you know. And then, you know, the work ethic you appreciate. And um, I think it was pretty cool to see how close he really was to basically being sent down to AAA. Oh, in yeah. April, you know, I think it was probably oh, a game. Yeah, oh yeah, in April of 2007. Yeah, we're fast forwarding a little. Um, he's probably two games away from being sent down. Well, we talked about that. The he gets to May, he takes two days off. He has to face Johan Santana, yeah, exactly. right. and he goes like then seven for eight or something, right? He yeah, goes, he and he just crazy. takes off from there. And you know, you if you look at the our lineup, how it was kind of constructed for you know the second half in the playoffs. I know Jacoby was outstanding at the end, and we hit him ninth, but he was kind of that, you know, uh, jolt of energy. Mm. We needed a leadoff guy to complement you, David, Manny, myself, and JD, you know, because we felt like our middle could compete with anyone. But the way Dustin really was from May through September in the postseason, I just think rounded out our lineup, and then we became, you know, not only because he basically hit ninth, and then he takes over the leadoff spot a little later in the year. And it was just like, oh, wow. Because now we can round out. When your bottom three are Veritek, Coco, Chris, Julio, Lugo, or Veritek, Lugo, Jacoby, mm. I mean, that's pretty solid. You know what I mean? So I, I think the way he came on and how he could set the table was huge for us to just be in a lineup where we felt like the pitcher just couldn't relax. You could, know? Could you see, Could you see? because a big part of that, and we talked about this as well, the April, where Alex said he hit 438. Eh, I don't know about that. I'll give him 400. But could you see that unfolding? Like the, that, like going back to that spring training, he told, uh, Francona said, follow around you and Alex. Could you see that sort of dynamic unfolding where this is, these are the, you guys are the mentors and this kid is going to get it? I'd be lying if I said yes. Were you like you were just still like saying? I wasn't skeptical. I just, you know, when so going into '07, you know, I had eight years in the big leagues, and and you see a lot of guys that wow you in spring training, and you're like, oh my god, this guy is going to be a big leaguer that's going to make an impact, and then the game turns on, and all of a sudden, it's not 65 mile an hour batting practice down the middle. You got you know sliders and splits and changeups and curveballs, you know, going at you, so. A lot of guys, you know, it weeds out the guys that can't make the adjustment once the game starts. So you're hopeful because you saw glimpses of it in spring training, but to say that he was going to be hitting a buck thirty and then turn into the rookie of the year, man, if you could see that, you're a much better talent evaluator than I am. You know, you could see that once he got going, like for me, the thing that impressed me at a young age for him, his rookie year, was that he handled tough pitching well. Like, it wasn't like uh, he'd get the big games off the number five starter, but he was an 0 for 4 whenever you faced the ace. You know, no, he got equally big games against tough pitching. So that's where when you see that adjustment and that execution, then I think you get to the point where you're like, oh, wow, this guy, you know, is a guy that's going to really help us out. Was he, when did you guys become tight? Like, I remember, you know, like obviously covering that team, you know, Pedroia's always had sort of his group, right? That was, but that was his first group. You guys, you and, and Alex. When did you guys sort of evolve into that? I don't know the exact. I don't know. I don't know. I, I would say probably, probably Mayish. You know, around the time where I think he felt more comfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, because 
I'm sure he didn't sleep very well at night. You know, mm. you feel like you have your opportunity, and you know, when you're hitting under 200, you feel like you're not taking advantage of that opportunity. But when things kind of were cruising, I don't know. From a personality standpoint, I I don't know. I gravitate towards guys that I think look at the game the way I do. And you know, Mike Redmond was one of those guys with the Marlins, and Alex Cora is one of those guys when I was with the Red Sox. And it wasn't just those two. You know, there were a lot of guys. And and Dustin, I just appreciated that he loved being at the park to play baseball. Hmm. You know, and I said, yeah, you got it easy. You had no kids yet. You know, wait till you have kids. But Cora was the same way. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. And that's why he falls into that same category. So for me, it it wasn't hard to, you know, we had a lot of the same likes. You know, we like to play cards. You know, we had the same taste in movies. So it, it was easy to, you know, hang out with someone like that. But, you know, on that team, you know, David was one of those guys, you know, for me. It, 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 you know, Josh, I got along with Josh. I know sometimes, you know, Josh is a different personality. With me, he was good, you know. So I I try to treat people the way I feel like they've treated sure. me. So it, I really enjoyed that team. We, we, were, we were a close team despite, I think, a lot of different times in your career, a lot of different, you know, superstars, rookies, you know, American guys, Latin guys, hell, Dice K and Okajima, you know, we, we had a pretty diverse group that ended up, you know, Julian really Tavares. enjoying each other. Yeah, <laughs> well, Julian Tamaris is in his own, yes. in his own category. <laughs> yeah, well, that's why you I know? said. So it was fun. It was easy. You know, I, I, I don't really go to a team in spring training and be like, oh, I'm going to hang out with this guy, this guy, this guy. It kind of just, I don't know, it just evolves. When, when you tell so switching to Alex... You know, how long have you known him for? Since college, heck, I've known Alex you, you since played 90, against, you yeah, played since '93. Right. Yeah. But did you know him well in college? No, or? no. I mean, just you know, we, you know, FIU played the University of Miami right. a couple times. When's a year, the first but, time you like hung out with him? Oh, in Boston as teammates. Oh, that was that. Yeah, was the first yeah. Time. I mean, we we were cordial. You know, when he was with the Dodgers and we play against each other. You know, it's it's hello because you know we have the Miami ties and all that, but. Never like going out to eat. We didn't. We didn't. Uh, I mean, him being a West Coast, you know, West yeah, Coast, yeah, yeah. it's a little, little tough. But um, yeah, it was. It was oh six. When, when was 06. When um when did you? This is a, such a stupid question, but I'm gonna ask anyway. The whole like, when did you know he was gonna be a manager? You know, when did you? But you know, this is because you go back to Cora. When you hit 220, and you're sm- perceived as a smart baseball player. It's people like you're going to be a manager the next day. If you a lot of times, if you hit three thirty, like oh, yeah, you no. might be just as smart, and people don't say right, you're right, be right. But you know that you know that was the sort of the narrative with him for a well, while. Well, I I think I think when people feel like you maximize the the talent you've been given, then you might be a good manager in the future. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, Alex. Without going into too much detail, when he addressed the team this morning, I'll give you one bit. He said he was very proud of the fact that he played 13 years in the big leagues for a guy that had below average speed and below average power. Mm-hmm. To survive 13 years in the big leagues means you brought something to the table. Now, he was exceptional defensively. Mm-hmm. He had a way above average arm. But just that doesn't keep you in the big leagues. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it's something he should be proud of. And I don't know. I, I don't know when you say, oh, this guy's a future big leaguer. I just knew he communicated well with a lot of teammates I did feel like he was always prepared as a player and I felt like he held other people accountable to be prepared as well Mm -hmm. 
is that what makes a good manager? Okay, yeah. If it does, then I guess, yeah. You're, but I, I never saw him as like, because I don't know if he even wanted to manage. You know, afterwards, well, when well, you hear him, you know, he well, says he, he did. So you talked, this go last five years, whatever, since he retired, right? You talked to him. I've talked to him. And I remember being like, he was like, want the Walt Weiss... Robin oh no! When he's done playing, I knew for sure. I'm that, saying, but no, but he did not want to do the, the like I'm going to ride the buses sort of thing. It was a, it was a risk, you know. It's it was a risk. I, I, think, I think it's a little different. I think if this was 15 years ago, it almost was like you had to go through that path to almost you know learn how to manage. I think the games evolved a little bit where, you know, you have an analytics department, you have pitching coaches and hitting coaches that hopefully you can delegate those responsibilities to those guys and I think a guy who's been in the big leagues for 13 years has basically seen almost everything that he needs to then be a manager Mm -hmm. so I look at you know what other qualities like it's not like he's going to see a new type of bunt or hitting style just pop out in double a and that's why he's got to ride the bus so I'm along those sides now does he have to handle personalities and all that and yeah, and I think when he was in Puerto Rico and handled winter ball, people think winter ball is a joke, but you got GMs telling you how to use your guys. you got agents telling you what you can and cannot do. So you have mm-hmm. to manipulate a lot of situations, and I think that helped him. Being a bench coach obviously helps, helped him. Yeah, I think that was a lot. Of course, reason. yeah, you know, and and also what he learned. You know, I didn't know this. I was, I was playing basically every year of my career until my last year, but he told me he'd – you know, pick Millsy's brain every once in a while. And uh, so, yeah, he wanted to learn. And sometimes you get a lot of information. You say, oh, wow, this is something that's not for me. But I think it actually excited him, and and it was something that was for him a lot more. Last question. You've been out here for the last couple of days. Seeing him, seeing Alex do his thing, right? It seems like he's you know running around and doing. He's going to get this. I mean, you can't figure everything out right away. But is there anything just stepping back and witnessing him that like, oh wow, that's I didn't expect that Alex Cora manager. No, and and the fact that I it hasn't been something I didn't expect I think is a compliment because he he's himself. Mm-hmm. You know, he's upbeat. He's not afraid to go up to players. He's not afraid to go up to staff. Um, he's going to make his point, and he's in a position where you kind of have to listen to his point, at least for the on-field staff, mm-hmm. you know. So um, the fact that the Alex Cora that would talk to me on the phone before he was a bench coach, and then when we talk when he's a bench coach, and then when we talk when he was named manager, is the same guy. I, I think that's, you know, he's not trying to be something that everyone wants him to be. And, and I think when you're comfortable in your own skin, I think that's the first good step to being successful because this is, you know, he, he might have entered the toughest baseball market. Oh, you yeah. Know? yeah. And I think he's up for the challenge. All right. Good job. Good work. Good work. 12 Great minutes job. Yeah, good job. All right. Thank you, Mike. Keep your car looking its absolute best year-round with 303 Cleaners and Protectants. 303's revolutionary graphene nanospray coating gives you professional protection in a simple, easy-to-use formula. It will keep your car's paint protected for up to 12 months and give an insane level of depth and gloss. 
You can also use their brand new 303 graphene detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine throughout the year. It can even be used for quick cleanups of light dust and fingerprints in between washes. For a one-two punch to keep your car licking its best, look no further than 303's line of graphene products. 303 Graphene Nano Spray Coating to protect and 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine. Both products are available now at Advanced Auto Parts, AutoZone, and select Walmart locations. Visit 303radio.com for more information. Every search you make, every click you take, they'll be watching you. Tired of companies like Google and Facebook watching everything you do online? There's actually a simple solution. DuckDuckGo. It's an all-in-one privacy app with a built-in private search engine, web browser, one-click data clearing, email protection, and more. All for free. Download the app today and get the most comprehensive privacy protection with the push of a button. DuckDuckGo. Privacy simplified. Home to all the jaw-dropping moments. Home to all the best plays in the league. Home to your favorite players from the cities you love. MLB.tv is the home of streaming baseball. Home or away, catch all the MLB action this season with live and on-demand content across all your devices. Enjoy MLB Big Inning, select pregame and postgame coverage, and an expanded library of highlights and content. Never miss a moment of the action with MLB.tv. Stream every game from every team all season long with MLB.tv. Blackout and other restrictions apply. 